Hello and welcome to a very special Drunken Book Club! Happy birthday, Mr. President! Happy birthday, Mr. President! It's Sam's birthday! Hey! Hey! It's, uh, hey, it's your host Christopher the Rupal joined with birthday girl Sam! Yes! It's not even close to her birthday yet. It's like two weeks away. Yeah, but hey, this episode is dedicated to Sam for her birthday, Sam, and uh, I gave her the choice of, hey, choose a fucking book, bitch. And I did, and for what I did, I chose a book that's very nostalgic for me, mm-hmm. since we do a lot of nostalgic books for Chris. Eh, it's, I mean, I guess. I don't like, Goosebumps know. is very... It's, I mean, that's just because Goosebumps gets ratings. True. Goose- but- I'll be honest, I love Goosebumps and all, and it is a nostalgic piece for me. Goosebumps get ratings. That is also true, though. Fair enough. But for me, well, it's my birthday, so I can choose whatever I want anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not judging you for your so, birthday choice. So I chose Samantha. It's called the B- It's from the Be Forever series, which is the Manners and Mischief Volume 1, which used to be Meet Samantha, Samantha Learns a Lesson, and, and Samantha's Surprise or something like that. Is Samantha's that, Christmas Samantha Wish. Samantha's Christmas Wish. I don't fucking know. Why, why are you looking at me? expecting me to know. There, there's basically like, there's six books in all of them. Yeah. All, you mean the characters. And of the, 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 of the original six American Girl dolls. Yeah. Because I don't know if they changed it after Kit and then Kaya had the same, but are roughly the same. Yeah. But it was always meet X character. Yep. Character learns a lesson. Mm-hmm. The holiday one. Yeah. And then there was... Is it always Christmas? I think there was one where it was different, but I cannot remember. Okay. Because I know for the first six, I'm pretty sure they were all Christmas. Makes sense. Because they were all Christian-centered. <laughs> I don't White know. Christian female? What? I think they did have, like, a Jewish friend at one point. <laughs> it sounds horrible, but... That's... Hi, Jewish friend. How do you celebrate your holiday? Yeah, basically, like... That's so special to you and is not, you know... You know, a complete bastardization by the white people of America, by white Christians. God, what's going on right now? It sucks. (laughs) For fuck it. It's been going on for years. What are you talking about? But it's been ramping up, apparently. Like, people have been... It's always... Like... Okay, I I can't speak for the Jewish people, but you have to look at Hanukkah. It's it's really become the bastardization of it's around this time of time of year for Christmas, and the white Christians have been kind of like fucking over the Jews about this. No, it's just that we haven't really taken notice of it because we're not Jewish. But what also they've been doing? Hmm. Some Christians have been trying to take over like Rosh Hashanah. Oh God! And other like that's not how it's pronounced. How do you? It's like okay. So, I'm going off of the Spider-Man animated series where it was like, Rosh Hashanah. Okay. But also like that... Chris, can you drop the clip of Spider-Man and his friends learning about Rosh Hashanah? Thing is giving us honey for Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah? But that and Yom Kippur, apparently some of them are like, no, we can do it too. Yeah. And the Jewish people are like, can you not? Yeah. Can you fucking not? And I agree with that. Oh, that was one crazy Yom Kippur to quote uh, a terrible animated series. That I secretly love. It's aged poorly, though. You've got to admit, though. Oh, no. It was aged poorly as soon as it was created. Okay, that's fair. It was offensive before. It was never meant to be for anybody. True. But... so They literally made Drawn Together to be offensive. I'm not going to admit that it's aged poorly when it was never meant to age. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I'll just admit that I enjoy Drawn Together, but I will never admit that it's a good series. That's fair. It's not for everybody. Yeah. But... But yes, we read the before ever book, Manners of Mischief, starring Samantha. Uh, Sam, 
Uh, we t- actually technically we only read two thirds of this book because we did not read the Christmas one. I I vetoed it. I said, Sam, you filthy slut. We are not doing Christmas. You fucking horny for Santa dick bitch. No. Uh, okay, so Sam, what were your first impressions of this book? So it's kind of like one of those where you say, I can't do it. It's not really yeah. fair. Because I read these as a kid. Yeah. I read all six, actually. So Sam, what's your his- then let's go over your history of the Samantha series in general. So... Did you choose this character because you have the same name? My parents chose it. (laughs) Because my parents got me the doll. Yeah. Which actually does not have the pink dress that's on this. It has the original gingham, like, dark or plaid. I'm not sure. It's a weird specific pattern. But it is not the fucking pink. The pink is her birthday dress. She's very I will die on this hill. Please continue. I remember that. Oh my god, Sam. You had a Transformers moment. You know, like when angry white boys get angry about Transformers? Yeah, this is my... Se- yeah. Because, yeah, I had... I actually have the dolls in fucking storage. Yeah. Her and Josefina in storage. Josefina. It's Josefina. Jose. Anyways. So... Fina. My parents got me that, and they also got me the books, because yeah. they wanted me to actually read, too. Not just have expensive yeah. dolls. Yeah, girl, read. And so... I'm sorry. <laughs> I got Captain Enterprise, and you got this shit. So I read all of these. I read Josefina's. I read all of the originals up to Kaya, and then I aged out of it. Fun fact about Josefina's is that um, in uh, the Ames testing, that's the Arizona Institution of Measurements of Sperm. I don't know. The uh, bullshit that it, they it's, make us It's the standardized testing for Arizona. They had Josefina's story for the reading portion for at least my third grade. I do not remember that. Well, I was in third grade while you were in second because they change it every year. Yeah, so damn. Yeah, so because I remember being like, huh, it's Josephina, and my best friend, a friend of the podcast, Joe, I was like, you're not Josephina. He's like, stop it. <laughs> I'm boy Joe. So I have a very long history with it because... Yeah, I was about to say, you have, you have a love of American Girl Dolls. Yeah. Like how I have a love of Goosebumps and other stuff like that. So, my first impressions of this book, if I had to wager, this book is about the American girl, Samantha, who grew up in 1904, and she's going to have to learn some manners when she gets into a lot of 1904 mischief. You know, mischief like voting for Teddy Roosevelt, or or, or going to the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis, or or mourning the death of little Joe Monaghan, a transgender cattle rancher. You know, old-time mischief. I, I did find out about uh, uh, about Transgender Kettle Rancher. I typed in 1904. Nice. Yeah. Alrighty. The cover. Sam, you... you I, I'm going to describe this cover and uh, see if... Can you tell me if I'm wrong at all after describing this? A truly terrible cover we have. Samantha in a pink dress with a red sash around her waist and red shoes, all of which you can buy at your local American Girl doll retailer. Uh, Samantha is hanging on the tree with her body, not facing the viewer, but her head facing us in the most uncomfortable angle, and her face looks like an American Girl doll's face with those cold, dead black eyes. They did not have have cold black eyes. Sam, they had cold, dead eyes. They weren't black, though. Yeah, I mean, is her eyes not black and dead? Hers are. Yes. And I'm not saying the doll's eyes aren't dead. Well, excuse me, Sam. So this is the original. I know what she looks like, Sam. You show me this every week. I don't show you this every week. You wake me up in the middle of the night and you're like, Chris, Chris, 
Samantha. And I'm like, God damn it, Sam, I'm trying to sleep. I have work in the morning. And so do you. What are you doing? She's like... She snores like an old 1940s cartoon character. And then she lets out a really mean fart. Like a 1940s cartoon character. Just like that. Uh, she doesn't disagree. Alright, so let's get into this book. Chapter 1. Samantha is playing outside with a boy named Eddie when she falls out of a tree. Eddie calls her dumb for not knowing how to climb a tree. And Samantha threatens to put his beetle collection in the church collection plate next Sunday and blame him if he doesn't piss off. Eddie runs away. What's with kids named Eddie being dicks in, like, books we read? I have the same note of, like, why is it always the fucking Eddies? Yeah. Oh, Sam, and don't be afraid to interrupt with sound effects, note... Excuse me. With notes, jokes, sound effects, and all of the above. All of the above. We never went over what we... Oh, sorry, guys. Hey, before we even get any further on this book, what did we pregame on? Sam? So I had a Jones orange cream soda with a shot of vodka in it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having a buzz ball with ice and some leftover Dutch Rose coffee. So for me, I paired this book with a Long Island iced tea because uh, Samantha takes place in uh, New York. So I thought Long Island, right? And also the iced tea was introduced in the 1904 World's Fair. So Long Island iced tea. And I'm currently nursing a spicy pickle sour beer because this is what people in the 1904 would drink. Well, it even has like an, a late 1800s, early 1900s guy doing the fisticuffs. Yeah. So he's holding a pickle and a beer. And he's like, bole, 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 bole. Yeah. So I, I think, I, I, hey, that was unintentional actually of making it match. But it works. I just really want to try the spicy pickle sour beer. And so, guess what? It's really tasty. And I also forgot how cold Samantha was with the pit, with the fucking beetles in the... In the Samantha is vicious in this book. Yeah. And I'm like, gee, I wonder where Sam got it. <laughs> She's making threatening biting noises at me <laughs> at this moment. And um, I don't know whether to be turned on or want to punch her in the fucking face. Bit of both. Uh, it's definitely the punch in the cunt face. What the fuck? Uh, what sorry, I've been watching a lot of Bluey and they use the word cunt a lot. They show. do not. It's, it is a term of endearment for Australians. Prove me wrong, Australia. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Okay, back to the story. Samantha's a mess and her stockings are torn. She doesn't want her grand Mary to see her like this, so she sneaks into her house and goes to the person who makes the clothes for the household. Jessie! A kind old black woman. Jessie scolds Samantha for tearing her stockings, but gets to work on mending them. Samantha and Jessie share a bunch of exposition about how Samantha has white privilege, how her parents are dead, and that Jessie's husband works for the trains. Choo-choo. And he goes to or- New Orleans a lot. New Orleans. New Orleans. There we go. I could not. I'm, <laughs> I'm too drunk to. Apparently. But goes to New Orleans a lot. She goes to New Orleans. And, he, and she's like, damn, I wish I could go. Samantha, uh, chapter two. Samantha is looking spick and span. It's time for Samantha's hour with Grand Mary. By the way, she calls her grandma Grand Mary, and I just had to put that in there because I thought it was the stupidest thing. I, I even, honestly, even as a fucking elementary school student, yeah. I thought that was dumb. Yeah. I'm going to be honest here. Sam is working on a sampler that will read, Action Speak Louder Than Words! I put it in all caps. It's slow going. Samantha brings up how she would like a new doll that was in the window of a shop that reminds her of her mother. Grand Mary is apprehensive at first to get her the doll, 
but buckles when Samantha mentions her mother and says as long as she earns the doll, she can have it eventually. So something I noticed with that, by the way, yeah, is like she was like, oh, I can sell things and do that. And she's like, you are a lady. You do not make money. Yeah. And I'm like, you hire a lot of female staff for... But I know they're not ladies. They're, they're just... They're not... La- Sorry, Sam. They're not ladies. They're black. Or Irish. <laughs> this is 1904, everybody. It's okay. Also, side note. The doll is $6. So with inflation, that doll would cost almost $206.08 with, with, with inflation, obviously. Uh, which is almost the same price as Claudie Wells that comes with a book, accessories, and a scooter. She's one of the newer American Girl dolls. She's also African American. Nice. Yes. Uh, she comes with a scooter. <laughs> like Scootaloo, Sam's favorite. Actually, my favorite was Sweetie Belle. I know, I'm just messing with you. Because, yeah, Scootaloo's lame. Sorry, fans of Scootaloo. So, a weird thing I noted in the first chapter, by the way. Yeah. When she's fixing the stocking, she's like, she mentions that she wants to be more like Alice Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And Alice Roosevelt is a fucking bamf. Yeah, yeah. Like, so she is Teddy Roosevelt's daughter. Mm-hmm. She is one of the first daughters, I guess, is what you could, first children. Yeah, it's, it's the first daughter. Yeah. So some few things that she had that, some things that she did as a, that was radical in the 1900s is she smoked publicly. Oh. She drove around with men in cars. Whoa. She, let's see, some of the other stuff. Scandalous. Is she, literally a color of blue. If you ever heard the term Alice Blue is because of Alice Roosevelt. Ah. Because she wore that and basically made it famous. I thought it was because of Alice in Wonderland. She once said of her dad, he wants to be the bride at every wedding, the corpse at every funeral, and the baby at every christening. Oh, that is so Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> that is such a great burn, I think, too. Yeah, just. yeah. So she also had a pet snake. But I, but I bet Teddy would respond back being like, Hmm, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I mean, he literally says at one point, and I'll get to it in a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or actually, I'll get to it right now. So he once said of her, once said of his daughter, I can either run the country or attend to Alice. I cannot possibly do both. Yeah. Can you she say was, it more Teddy Roosevelt-like, or do you want me to say it? You say it. Well, I need the book, because I don't it's know the quote. Right there. I can read, Sam. Teddy Roosevelt once said, I can run the country or attend to Alice. I cannot possibly do both. I'm a rough rider. So. I have my own chicken franchise in uh, Clarence. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> Mostly to laugh at. So, she also had a pet snake, which I know, as you said, with a lot of his, his exotic animals, it's not yeah. a huge stretch. Yeah. The but, pet. But, but as a lady. It was so very. Mm. Oh, no. Um, the, the snake's name was Emily Spinach, which was named both after her spinster aunt uh-huh. named Emily, and it was the color green like spinach. Okay. So it was Emily Spinach. I wonder if it was a, like, one of those Amazonian tree snakes. Maybe. It did not say in the thing that I read. <laughs> it, was a, it was a garter snake. She got married to a Republican representative because she was on the Republican side of the family. Yeah. Apparently, FD, there's like two branches, and FDR was on a different one than Teddy. Uh-huh. Something I learned. And she had a child, but not with the... Not with the representative husband. <laughs> and then she raised her granddaughter after some stuff happened. Alrighty. So, yeah. And she lived to the ripe old age of 105. No, like 96. As a hey, you know what? Which Close is still enough. damn impressive. That's still impressive. Fuck. Alrighty. So, continuing forward. A while later, Uncle Gard and Aunt Cornelia arrived by vehicle, much to Grand Mary's dismay. 
They have their pleasantries and Grand Mary complains about the noisy automobile. And Uncle Garb is like, well, I had to bring it so Samantha could learn to drive. This displeases the old woman, but excites the young Sam. Sam and Uncle Garb head outside and Eddie is sitting in the vehicle as he plans to steal the runabout. No one will ever know! <laughs> I knew you were going to do that as soon as I was like, Eddie was in it and then he jumps out. <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe not that, but if he gets off he, he gets off the car seat and as Sam drives away, he says a girl is coming to live in his house. But Sam doesn't believe him because she's too busy fucking burning rubber. <laughs> Chapter 3. Samantha is playing outside and is heading to a place she affectionately calls the Tunnel. Which is a hole worn in the lilac hedge between Grand Mary's property and the Rylands' property. I just realized that we actually had... We didn't have that in our own yard. Yeah. But there was a bush at the park that was kind of like that, that had enough space that you could, like, crawl into as a <laughs> child. And that's where the rapist lived. No. He was like, He was in the van by the bush. Ooh, I have a panel. I'm drunk and sad. My parents don't call, talk to me anymore. I was going to say children, but I don't have children, thank God. <laughs> this man should not have children. Uh, <laughs> uh, Samantha sees an unfamiliar face in the Ryland's backyard. It's a girl! Eddie must have told the truth about a girl coming to live there. The girl's name is Nellie, and she's working for the Rylands, even though she's only nine. Nothing like child labor laws not existing. <laughs> Comes back later in the book. Samantha offers to help Nellie with her chores, but Nellie refuses. But Samantha isn't one to take no lightly and helps Nellie out. They quickly finish the laundry and Samantha offers some of her gingerbread cookie to Nellie. And they can eat it in the tunnel. Samantha asks why Nellie has to work because white privilege. And Nellie explains... It's class privilege at this point. Yeah, class privilege. I, well, I mean, I hate to say it. Irish at this point did not equal white. True. And oh, so I had to look up that what she was. Because I was like, she's not black, is she? And I was like, oh no, she's Irish. Okay, this makes sense. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, 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 and Nellie explains that her family has to work to survive. And that she got sent out here because it's better than working in a factory. Samantha is shocked at this and asks if she goes to school. Which Nellie says she doesn't. Samantha offers to teach her. When she's not busy. And the girls bond for a bit, but Eddie interrupts them by calling them uglier than a moose. Sam tells Eddie not to tell anyone about the two girls meeting and threatens him if he tattles. What she does is she says, I will put taffy in your pocket watch. Yeah. Or pocket knife. Yeah, pocket knife. Which, honestly, again, she's fucking savage. Yeah, she is pretty savage. Chapter four, right? Yep. It's another day and Samantha is working on her sampler. When suddenly Miss Jessie enters the scene, she tells Grand Mary that this will be her last day, and Samantha wants to know why, but Grand, Bar Grand Mary is like, girls are to be seen and not heard, and that's Jessie's business. When sewing time is over, Sam tries asking the chef and the butler about Jessie, but neither will tell her. Samantha doesn't like this, but Grand Mary tells her she's been good, and there's a surprise for her in her room. It's the doll she wanted named Lydia. At one point, you, you too could have owned your own Lydia doll to go with your Samantha doll. Chapter 5. Samantha shows Nellie her white privilege, I mean the new doll, and Nellie is enamored by it, as she knows her clothes will never be as good as this doll's. Samantha then compares- <laughs> that is a good joke. That is a really good joke, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> That's why I'm damn. laughing. I'm like, god damn, I forgot how savage I was with these notes. Because you're not wrong. Okay. Samantha then complains to Nellie about not knowing what happened to Jessie, and tells her theories of what she thinks may have happened. Nellie offers to take Samantha- 
Samantha to where Jessie lives and asks her why she left. Samantha agrees, and they plan on going there tonight. That evening, they go out. They go to the colored part of town, and they actually say that, too. Yeah, they do. Like, I, is... I, hey, I don't put anything I don't honestly know in this book, in, yeah. the, in my notes. Like, I'm, I'm just saying that in your defense as well as mine. Of That is literally what she says. That's what literally... Thank you for like... defending my notes. <laughs> well, because, yeah, it's not... Yeah. Because I remember I saw that. And Why I was like, would I lie about that? That's what it's called. Oh no, I'm not doubting you. I'm just saying I remember I read it. I read. Sam's that putting like a like raptor hand out towards me, like Chris Pratt would, saying like I'm about to bite her. <laughs> I am the alpha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. We all know that. <laughs> Way to blow up the mic. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a little drunk. Okay, keep reading. So. That evening they go, da, da, da. Samantha, in all her ignorance, doesn't understand why Jesse would live in a place so unwelcoming. <laughs> Do you want to put, say that one? Or? No, it's, 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 wait, wait what is it? The, oh, uh, yeah. So Nellie even calls her out on how ignorant she is, and it's fucking great. She's all like, are you really, like, she, she literally says, she's, she's like, Samantha's really smart, but damn, is she fucking stupid. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. They get to Je- I also had to look up the word ignorant because I couldn't remember what the word was. They get to Jesse's house and peek through a window and see a cradle. Lincoln, Jesse's husband, spots them. Jesse invites the girls in to see her baby, and it all makes sense why she had to quit. Lincoln then takes the two girls home. So something I put in there, because they talk about, like, what if it's a baby? Yeah. And Grand Mary is like, little girls shouldn't know about babies. And I'm like, damn, Grand Mary, what the fuck are girls supposed to know about then? Like Nothing, obviously. Fucking samplers and young girls, piano. That's young it. girls are supposed to know the decent things in life. Yeah, bitch. And you want chapter six as well, correct? Yep, go ahead and read chapter six. Chapter six. Nellie is being forced back to the city because Mrs. Ryland thinks that Nellie will get everyone sick. Samantha is extremely hurt by this and has their chef prepare a basket of food for her family. She also gives Nellie Lydia, her most prized possession. Later that afternoon, Samantha is still upset and confronts her grandmary about not telling her that Jesse had a baby. And it's fucking savage, too. Oh, yeah. She's like, bitch, why you didn't do this? Well, she's like, I don't think that did it. And she's like, well, I don't think I should be... I don't think I should be left in the fucking dark. Actually, I think I actually have this page. Yeah, go ahead. 39. 39? Okay, hold up. I'll read it as you're reading the notes. Then suddenly, even before she knew was going to... Oh, my God. I'm too fucking drunk for this. You want me to do it? No, I got this. Then suddenly, even before she knew she was going to, Samantha blurted out, I knew why Jesse left! Grandmary looked surprised. You do? She, yeah, she had a, had a baby, Samantha said. Now Grandmary was really surprised. How do you know that? She asked. Nellie and I went to her house at night. Why do you give them British accent? They are... This is 1904 America. They would Everybody have... Everybody has a British accent. They would have transatlantic accents. Everybody had a British accent in 1904. No, they didn't. Yes, they did. No, they didn't. Why do you think people in France had British accents? Teddy Roosevelt France? didn't have a British accent. That's because Teddy Roosevelt was a badass and he deserved his own fucking accent, goddammit. So shut the fuck up. You don't talk ill of the dead, especially the dead of Teddy Roosevelt. I can talk shit about him. No, you can't. He'll punch you square in the jaw. Fucking try me. Yes, yeah, mad uh, bitch. Uh, uh, he's he's taking over my body. <laughs> he beat the shit out of her. Uh, now that Grandmary was uh, was really surprised. How do you know that? She asked. Nellie and I went to her house at night and we saw. Samantha was sure Grandmary would punish her now. But Grandmary looked more troubled than angry. You were very wrong to do that, Samantha. She said, 
Well, you were really wrong not to tell me, said Samantha. She was not feeling very respectful. <laughs> Grammary took in, took in her, her breath sharply. She looked at Uncle Guard and Cornelia for help, but they said nothing. Grammary was, uh, put her teacup down and nodded slowly. Yes, Samantha, I think you're right. I should have told you, she said. Now tell me where babies come from, you bitch. Spins around the way. <laughs> but I just thought that was a great part because, yeah, just... Yeah, yeah, I was about to say she's very defiant in this moment. Well, especially because for the last few times, whenever she talks to Grand Mary, she is very much on her best behavior. No talk back, no sass, no... Yeah. And then she's like, no, fuck you. Yet Sam Kit doesn't talk back to her own mother now. Because there's no point. <laughs> it's like you, where you just like keep talking back and it just feels pointless. Because yeah. you're not going to move on the opinion, so why bother? Oh, uh, it's because we, we're winners, Sam. <laughs> <sighs> Me and your mom, we're winners. <sighs> black and yellow, black and yellow. So. <laughs> that was the grossest sip I've ever heard you take. I started laughing when I said. <laughs> that was so gross. <laughs> okay. Later that afternoon, Samantha's still upset. Grant Mary admits she was wrong not to tell her, and Samantha says Jesse can still work at the house and can even have the baby with them. Grant Mary gives the idea consideration as what happened to Samantha's doll. Sam says she lost it, and Grandma, is and Grandma is pissed it, and says the girl will never understand the value of things. But then Uncle Gar corrects Grandma and says she does understand the value of things as she gave the doll to Nellie. Grandma is shocked, and Sam asks if they could possibly send Nellie help so that her family will be okay, and Grandma's like, sure, lol. <laughs> yeah, that's how I ended it. Because that's basically what happens. She's like, yeah, we can take a look. See what, yeah. see what we do. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. That chapter ending when she like gave away her doll to Deli, I was starting to tear up a little bit. Like it, It's that classic like Christmas sense I get whenever like something like really good and positive happens. Like Something that's overly good just makes me tear up. And I'm just like, mm, oh, the feels. Like That hit me hard there. Alrighty, chapter 7. It is now fall, and Samantha is back in school with all her friends. Helen, Ruth, and Ida. One day, they're at lunch, and Samantha is finishing up with her gingerbread, and she can't help but think of Nellie and how sad her life is. <laughs> That's chapter seven, people. No, that Ain't much it. that fucking happens. Although, is that the one that says the Dickens, and it's like, yeah. she better not say... Find the teacher putting the Dickens in there. Yeah, that's a fucking pretend... That's an almost swear word, guys. Chapter eight. One Saturday, Samantha gets a surprise. It's Nellie! Her grandma helped them to get hired to work for a family nearby, and Nellie will even get to attend school with Samantha. Yay, bare minimum! Woo! White people. Actually, it's not with Samantha. Doesn't she go to public school where Samantha goes to private school? No, they go to the same school. Okay. I'm pretty sure they do. No, because she goes like to the polishing school, doesn't she? And then No, because they don't like, walk into the same school. Maybe? I don't... I'm... I don't remember, and I don't really care enough to fucking look it up. That next Monday, Samantha takes Nellie and her two sisters to school. Nellie will be a few grades behind, as she's not so book-learned yet. Throughout the day, Sam is stressed about Nellie, and she's fitting, uh, 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 and she, and if she's fitting in alright. At the end of the day, Samantha meets the Nellie's, uh, meets with Nellie's two sisters, but there's no Nellie. They soon find her in the bushes crying, what a baby! Ooh. I mean, it sounded like she had a real shit day, though. Like Nellie doesn't want to come to school anymore because she thinks she's too old to learn, and the rest of the class is mean to her and laughs at her. Samantha is pissed. She tells Nellie to go home because she has asses to kick inside the school. 
she doesn't. She basically is more... No, Chapter 9. Samantha heads to her teacher, Miss Stevens, and tells her dilemma with Nellie and asks what she could do to help her friend. Miss Stevens gives her some books and instructs her to come back on Friday for further help. Samantha rushes home and asks Grandmary if she can start a school to help Nellie. Grandmary agrees as long as it doesn't impact Nellie's work. Which, she, honestly, uh, as much as I'm like, that sounds rough, but it's also like, at that point, then she could get in trouble and then yeah, that'd be they, taken they could away. Get fired. Yeah, and. Samantha runs and gets Nellie, and she takes the poor girl up to the highest point in her house and begins teaching Nellie. She's a fast learner and can do math like nothing. They named their school Mount Better School because it's better than their own school, Mount Bedford. Chapter 10. A speech contest about progress in America is being held between schools, and Samantha's school is going to hold a competition to find the best two speakers. Not much else happens in this chapter, just Edith, the smart girl, being a cunt. Yep. Um, also, Ida being the most neurotic fucking child alive. Uh, you related to Ida is what you're saying. No, I wasn't the one that would be like, I'll faint. I wasn't sure? the fainter. Yeah, no. sure? No, I was not the fainter. I could see Stan fainting. <laughs> For two weeks, Samantha worked hard on her speech pro... Speech on progress and teaching Nellie. People around around town don't seem to care for Nellie's family because they're a different kind of white. <laughs> hey, that's a good one, Sam. There's also there's a line in this chapter that reads that reads suddenly she wanted to be close to Nellie. Yeah, that is that was a weird line. You didn't even fucking finish it before fucking saying it. But that thank reads you. suddenly she wanted to be close to Nellie. Yeah, and fucking breathe, Sam. I know it excited you because of fucking lesbians. <laughs> you not breathe hard. Can you not breathe? Okay. <laughs> Yay, she's dead, everyone. Now we don't have to read any more American Girl doll books. Except for that one Choose Your Own Adventure one I got. The speech contest finally happens. Samantha's Samantha speech... Is this a new chapter? No, it's the same chapter. Oh, damn. Sorry, I thought nothing happened in this chapter. The speech contest finally happens. Samantha's speech is about how factories have made America so good and capitalism and such. Her speech nets her a win, but Edith, the bitch, the stuck-up bitch... Sorry, I said this more... Yeah. Also one for a speech on how keeping minorities down is what's keeping America ahead. Okay, it was about machines or some shit. <laughs> I stole uh, that joke and I admit Classic it. joke. You ruined my joke by uh, calling her two different types of bitch. Yes. I mean, Like, I wouldn't call her a bitch. I mean, come on. She's a total bitch. She's so bad. No one likes her. Except uh, her she, one friend. She's so fucking annoying. Also, like, I would smack the back of her head. Also, when she was, like, reading, when Samantha was going through the invention, like, talking about, like, what should I do about progress? Yeah. Grand Mary has a, I don't know, it's not really an okay boomer moment, because these are pre-boomers. Yeah. But she has a, the world got along fine without inventions. <laughs> we didn't need electricity and automobiles. It just makes things no, more that's, complicated. That's, I mean, that's pretty much a good way to say okay boomer, too. Yeah. Like, okay pre-boomer. Because it's not silent generation. It's definitely way older than that. Yeah. But yeah, she has okay, that... Wild West generation. Pew, pew. But she has that. Mo- she literally says that kind of thing. She says that if we did fine without it, and it's like, and even Samantha's like, I know we don't need everything, but the phone is a fucking great invention. Shut up, <laughs> bitch. Cotton gin. <laughs> Keep going. That's what kept slavery going on accident. Because he want, didn't want that, but that's what happened. Chapter twelve. That afternoon, Samantha is pinning her award to the wall on her makeshift school. Nellie asks to hear the speech, and when it's over, she's a bit down about it. She knows it's not true because she worked in a factory. Nellie then regales Samantha with tales from the factory, and damn, Samantha feels dumb about not consulting her fucking friend on this one. White people, am I right? <laughs> That's a good one, Sam. <laughs> Woo! 
the night of the finals for this. I give myself the best lines. I was gonna say you have the, that was beautiful, Chris. Like that was the night of the competition is upon us. We hear from the other schools when it's Samantha's turn. She rises to the occasion. She has changed her speech to tell the truth of the horrors of the factories, and now it isn't truly making progress in America, and it should be sent to the other third world countries. <laughs> uh, I broke Sam on my own notes. <laughs> Some. You need me to finish there? No, I got it. Somehow this exposure of the truth to white bread America wins Samantha the first place prize in the competition. And and Granary even has the fucking slow clap moment. Yeah, yeah. There's a slow clap moment. Because it's like silent. And then Granary, like, she looks at Granary and Granary looks at her and then just goes. (laughs) Yeah, it fucking happens. Nellie also has some good news. She's been promoted to the third grade. Yay! Sadly, she has to sit to the little turd of a human being named Eddie. Wah, wah. (laughs) And there you go. That was, excuse me, the end. Sam, do you have any other notes about this book? Yes. Go right ahead. So, what's that one? So one of the things at the beginning, like one of the first times you see her and Grandmary interacting, Mm -hmm. she's like, you need to act like a lady, da-da-da-da, and then Sam asks something. Mm Mm-hmm. And she goes, you're a girl, you shouldn't be, you're a little girl, you shouldn't be asking that. And she's like, bitch, am I a lady or a girl, internally? Yeah. And that is a fucking mood. Like, honestly, that has not changed in the hundred years. Because I remember having that, too, of like the, oh, you should be more lady, la da 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 Oh, no, you're a kid. And it's like, which one is it? Well, Sam, you never acted ladylike to begin with, so, yeah, that's what I thought. Well, I'm not really much of a lady anymore since I'm non-binary, so... She still has she as one of those pronouns. I mainly use they. Sure you do they. That's the only one I have on my lanyard. They. They do. Um, she needs to wear her lanyard more outside of this. Outside of work. Yeah, you just wear it all the time. Yeah, inside of work. You should. No, I said outside of work. No, you said inside of work. I meant outside of work. Well, good for you. Anyways, but that's still a mood of the, am I a kid or like that, that weird straddling. Am I a kid? Or am I a lady? Am I a lady? If I'm a lady, then I'm a very tra- tiny lady. A very tiny lady. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. <laughs> hey, I just, hey, I fucking went with it. Um, So I realized why you were confused where I wasn't with some of the races. Because yeah. you were like, I thought Nellie was black. Yeah, I thought she was black, for all honesty. But then I remembered the original copies mm-hmm. had pictures. Yeah. They had yep. full ass pictures. That was something I found out within my studies because I found uh, you know, I had to look up. Like I literally looked up Nelly American Girl doll, and like obviously there's no actual Nelly besides the fucking American Girl. This one. I thought they had a doll that you oh, they did actually, but I had to also type in I think something else. I think I typed in 1904 and then it gave it to me. And I was like, "Why is she white?" Was like my first comment. I thought she was black. Also, one of the things with piano. Um, they have her practice an hour. Yeah. That is a lot of practice. That is a lot. But what else are you going to do in 1904? I'm just saying, like, as someone who has practiced piano. But Sam, what else are you going to do in 1904? I don't know. There's no TV. There's no radio. What are you going to do? Read a book? (laughs) Frankenstein? (laughs) I think not. So one of the things that I thought was actually kind of... It does have kind of white savory vibes. Oh, this fucking book is a white savior book. What the fuck are you talking about? But one of the things is 
I grew up middle class. Like, I was not as rich as Samantha. Like, yeah. I did not have fucking help or shit like that. Yeah. But I still, there was still those wake-up times where it's like, oh, no, I have it a lot better than some of the other kids that go, oh, I get to eat tonight. Goody. Yeah. Because yeah. that was never something I had to worry about. Yeah, and same on my boat as well. So having to realize, like, oh, no, people have it worse. Get over yourself mm-hmm. is a thing. Oh, also the fact that she has to wear flannel underwear at one point, <laughs> even yeah. in the fu- even when it's warm, because it pre- it's supposed to prevent against the consumption. Yeah. So tuberculosis is apparently a goes. Oh shit! Flannel underwear can't do shit now. I can't do it. Can't do it. This is nineteen oh four. They don't fucking know any better. True. Fucking grandma probably still uses leeches like dumbass she is. <laughs> there is a great moment where grandma basically tells the other two women to shut the fuck up though with Nellie. Yeah, yeah, she does. Like, as much as... Okay, so to set the scene, because Sam is skipping way ahead without explaining the scene, like she does, what happens is uh, Grandma's having tea with, like, two older friends, and they're pretty much being like, Mmm, this Nelly girl, you let your granddaughter play with her. Mmm, yes. And she's like, no, I let her teach her. And they're like, oh, well, still, she's still spending time with her. And she's like, well, as ladies, we're supposed to do good when we can. Mrs. Reynolds and your shit stain of a child, Eddie. She didn't say that. Ryland. Ryland. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm half a fucking... I am drunk, okay? I was gonna say she half can, awake, but I'm not... I'm she, not she, can, I'm just she can fucking remember everything else about America Girl, but she can't remember Miss Ryland. Oh no, I can't remember the shit stain's last name. How fucking dare I? Yeah, how fucking dare you? His name's Eddie Ryland, motherfucker. <laughs> Best character in the book. No, it's not. Yeah, he is. Dog shit. You I know. bet he has fucking red curly hair. Fucking prop. Wait, I think he does. I'm like, wait, does he? Now I need yeah, to look, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. It's in, probably in the book. I don't know. <laughs> Eddie's round, sticky face. Go away, Eddie. Oh my fucking god. What? <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. He looks like fucking Eddie from fucking what's it called? The Bailey School Kids. Like that's 1904 fucking Eddie. It's a fucking ginger. Yeah. Keep reading your notes. So, and I have the damn Nellie scene shit when she talks about the factories and just, like, all the shit she's seen. So, like, what we've already said. Including, like, seeing a girl's hair get half ripped out and, like, bleeding. Fucking her head was bleeding. Yeah. There's a little girl's head bleeding in this book. So, also, Samantha wants to fight a girl at one point. She's like, I wish girls could fight. She wants to fight multiple people. (laughs) She wants to fight Eddie, like, constantly. Like, see, what, you see why I relate to her. Okay, my first note is literally, I can see how this impacted our own Samantha's life. Being very headstrong and rough and tumbled. <laughs> you got any more notes there? I have nothing to the, till the reveal. Okay. Them saying Dickens is an almost curse word is humorous. I find if they tried teaching girls almost curse words so they wouldn't swear as much. Like, uh-huh. that's, that was my theory. And Sam, uh, do you have any questions for the for the couch? Since so, we're done with notes, right? Yes. Okay. I don't have any because I couldn't really think of any. Because I've got one question. Thoughts on white privilege and white saviors? So, it's a tricky one because it goes hand in hand with white fragility. Mm-hmm. It's that whole thing of we want to help, but and we Sam, all... Sam knows a lot about white fragility. Anyway, she, she gave me the Bugs Bunny side eye. <laughs> Anyways, because you're just, yeah. So, I'm not the most white fragility person. You're pretty I'm not, fragile. I'm fragile in a lot of ways, Chris. You're fragile. Anyways. Down on Fraggle Rock. 
I made that joke the other day because like on one of the boxes we have it says Fraggle instead of Fragile because it dro- it doesn't have the e so I'm like it's Fraggle down in Fraggle Rock and then I did the clap and everyone started clapping with me not knowing what the fuck I was doing <laughs> they just want to join in on the clapping mood anyways so it's that whole we want to help out but also being seen as the bad guy yeah <clears throat> and it's a hard line to tell. Especially with kids. Yeah. Because this is meant for like an 8 to 10 year old, 8 to 12 year old girl. This is um, not meant for or like 6 to 12. I, I could have sworn there was actually an age range on this book. 8 plus actually. 8, eight plus. plus. So 8 plus year old girl. We're in the age range in this one. High five. <laughs> I don't know how that works, but whatever. 8 plus. We're 8 plus. Yeah, true. We are above age 8. I told you we're in the age range for this one. Okay. So... <laughs> I do think, it does definitely, I was going to say, it does reek of white saviorism. I'm not. And white privilege. I just want to know your thoughts on white privilege and I mean, white they're, saviors. They're definitely a thing. Yeah. White savior, again, goes white, hand in hand with white fragility. Yeah. And it's that whole, again, it's, it's the fucking, in every fucking movie, wherever there's a thing about, like, racism, there's always the one good white person. Yeah. It's because of that shit. It's because of that thing. It makes me think back to when we had the movie uh, Harriet. Uh, back at my theater, my old theater, there was this old white woman who went to see it like multiple times and wanted it to be back in the regular theaters because it made made her feel so good about Harriet. And I really wanted to be like, now why does it make you feel good to see Harriet Tubman like this and this fictionalized version of herself where she's romanticized with a white person if I'm not mistaken in this movie. I never saw it because I had no interest in it. I'm gonna say I I'm... really have zero interest in fucking white a white person's perspective on Harriet Tubman. Yeah, that's fair cuz same. Yeah. And uh yeah, no, she I mean I clearly couldn't ask that kind of shit cuz old white person, you can't say this shit to them. Cuz they'll just be like, "How dare you?" <sighs> I went to the march on Washington and they didn't. No. They fucking did. Tom Horn, I'm calling your bullshit. Oh, Even if fuck you did. Tom Horn. He definitely didn't that didn't do that shit. Yeah, you know what he did? He probably was like, fucking N-words. That's probably what he said. I ain't gonna lie. I don't care if it's perjury. He probably said it. Honestly, he's a public figure, so unless you really have, like, proof or really saying one thing, you know. Yeah. You're, you're speculating, but you can't prove it, so it's not like you're saying he definitely was. <laughs> he but... probably said a lot of things about many different races, and I bet he said it about the black people. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I fucking hate this man, and I wrote a song about him that goes a little something like this. Tom Horn's a bitch. Tom Horn sucks ass. No one likes you. Die. Tom Horn needs a stitch. Like, you should die from natural causes because you're old. Tom Horn should die from ass cancer. Because <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so yeah, that's that's all I've got on that. Um, Sam, do you have any pairings for this book? So I do actually. Okay, go right ahead. So my first one is Radium Girls. Radium Girls. So it's a little after Samantha's time, technically when she would be a young woman, mm-hmm. young lady, because it's the early 1900s that it starts taking place. Yeah. And it's the story of girls that were trying to earn money, working in factories, and dying because of working in said factories, mm-hmm. and the company's not giving two solitary fucks. Yeah. Um, I think definitely with the whole prospect of, like, how factory working is shitty. Yeah. Because that goes with one of my my choices as well. Newsies! When we get to the chapters about Nellie working in a factory and how much it sucks, it gave me some vibes of Newsies. And it's a movie about child labor. Yeah. Yay! Mine came earlier, so it's better. Mine's in a... 
1899. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. I know the year. Yours is Victorian era, though. That's five years before. Can you shut the fuck up? <laughs> oh, it's Victorian. It's in 1899. Victorian doesn't matter. It's not Britain. Anyways. Yeah, that's what so, I thought. Oh, oh, now it now it doesn't matter. Ooh, Chris, so, it's Victorian, even though they don't have British accents. Fun note, by the way. Yeah. Is uh, apparently in one of the original versions, yeah. they say that she's in Victorian era. Mm. Victorian era ended in 1901. <gasps> They're technically in Edwardian era, <gasps> which is the early 1900s. Yeah. So, just a weird thing that I learned. Does it, it really matter, happen. though? It's slightly different. I'm, no, I'm, I mean in the sense that, like, they're not British. It does, the pattern, like, clothing and stuff does change from the turn, pre-turn of the century. Oh, past the century. I get it. It's because they're white. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there we go. All right, what um, other parents do you got? I also have, and this is a weird one, but go with me on this. Oh, oh, my other one's a fucking weird one, so it's okay. Go right ahead. Go off the fucking rails. So it has been a little bit since I've read this, so I will preface that with anything else before, because it's been a minute since I've read this, uh-huh. but Girl Genius by Phil Foglio. Mm-hmm. One, because I love his art. His art's very interest. Like, it's a very stylized art. You'll either love it or hate it kind of thing. Yeah. He but, draws it with crayons. It's pretty cool. No. It's steampunk. Yeah, with crayons. And I was going to say, from that Victorian to Edwardian period, that Industrial Revolution era, very much inspired steampunk, I would argue. The Industrial Revolution happened earlier. It's still going on. It, I mean, it happened already. It's a big, big, big factory. But the continuation of it, the fact that it's still going... The girl's hair got ripped out. And you're yeah. just And you're just making jokes. I am not making <laughs> jokes. You're an asshole, Chris. <laughs> Uh, this is why we don't talk about what I want to talk, because then you just shit on it. Sam, can we be... I, I mean, I can go straight to my review. Can we go straight to the reviews? I won't bring up my other pairing if you really want to. Go over your other pairing. Okay. Smiling friends. <laughs> okay, hear me out here. When I was reading this book, Samantha's enthusiasm to help others before herself made me think of Pim and his blind enthusiasm for helping others. Kind of like someone else I know in the room. And I, I even started making Samantha talk like a little pim in my head where she's like, Oh, Grandma, please. Please, may I have the doll, please? Like, it, it literally made me think of Pim from Smiling you Friends. You kiss your grandma in the mouth. <laughs> you kiss your grandma in the mouth. So, uh, Sam, what's your ratings or reviews of this book? Unless you have anything else to say. That's it. That's all I got to say about right. ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews. Go right ahead. So, again, it's been about 20 years since I've read these books. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, I forgot about a lot of the class underpinnings with with specifically the Samantha mm-hmm. series. Because each book has, of the six American girls, they were about different turning, t- like, big different turning points in America. Felicity had the Revolutionary War and uh-huh. had the Civil War. Yep. Josefina had American colonization of the West. <laughs> yeah. Um. Take that, natives. Did I already say Addie? Yes, you did. Uh, Kirsten had the Pioneer. Yep. And then Samantha had Turn of the Century, and Molly had World War II. Yeah. Samantha's is probably the trickiest to do, in that there's not a lot that happens in the fun, like, news-grabby ways. I'm just gonna say, the 1904 World's Fair, guys! It gave us cotton candy! And hot dogs and hamburgers. Neat. And iced tea. Hmm. Yeah. But. And also, the greatest invention ever. The vibrator. Really? Yeah. Damn, nice. Yeah. Oh, please so, go on. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Good to know. Yeah. 
Thank I can go back to four World's Fair. I know how far to go back to go. <laughs> I can cure my uh, what? What is it that women have back then? Hysteria. Was... I can cure my hysteria. Because that was the problem. It wasn't the the strict gender roles, classism, racism. All no, that. you're just hysteric, Sam. Go get your vibrator. Do, has nothing to do with late stage mm-hmm. capitalism. I'm just hysterical. I need to masturbate more. I mean. You... We could all masturbate more. Uh, but that's, that's <laughs> besides the point. Please go on with Anyways. your uh, review. So, Samantha's is a trickier time, especially for kids. Because, again, like, talking about that turn of the century, the gilded age that they're getting into of that big class divide. Mm-hmm. And in times it can be very boring, in all, all honesty. It's one of those not, not much happens. Yeah. But it's still very nostalgic for me. I can't really talk too bad about it. It didn't feel as draggy as it could have been. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it reflects the 2000s very well. Yeah. Of we had a lot of big inventions and a lot of big things happen at the 2000s. But you also need to overlook a lot of the human rights violations that happened. All the things you said, all the things you said, running through my head, running through my head. So in some ways, I felt like it was... I can see where it paralleled a lot with my childhood, even where it didn't... It wasn't a one-to-one. Oh, wow. 1986 for uh, the first one. Hmm. Sorry. Interesting. Yeah. Didn't know that. But yeah. So for me, I'm going to give it, again, part of this is tinted by nostalgia. And I, yeah. But I will still say probably, I'd say three and a half little, three and a half, I'm trying to think of what's a good, <laughs> three and a half sneaking in a neighbor's window, staring at through, through a person's window out of five. Okay. Because she stared through Jesse's. She went through the colored neighborhood, not the her neighbors. Yeah, true. Big difference. You're right. You're three right. and a half colored neighborhoods out of five. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> She I was saying sing, staring through the window. No. Being a fucking peeping Tom. Colored colored folk. This was not the best, nor the worst book we read this year. It was just a bland read for me. It holds no nostalgia for me, so it can't blind me with rose-tinted glasses. Like, someone in the room, which is... It's very funny that you bring that up, because that's actually in my notes. I can't... I can, I can show Sam clearly here. Uh, and I'm too progressive to enjoy the simple ignorance of Samantha's white privileged life. I could see this being fine to give to a small child, but it's really nothing special in my book. Eh. I give the first two-thirds of Banners and Mischief one and a half dollies out of five. Just not a very enjoyable experience for me, honestly. But I'm glad I did read it. Because I, I did definitely get some perspective on Sam. So You get to see where my fucking Feral Goblin energy comes from. Yeah, I mean, that came from so many different places. But there, there's definitely some... You can some see outspoken. where... You can see some of the inspiration of... Yeah. I, I can see some things there. Alrighty. So that's the episode, Sam. Three and a half. Yeah. Damn. Again, it's nostalgic for me. It's... Even stuff that's nostalgic for me, I don't give that half I don't know, okay? No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being mean. I'm not being criti- critical and mean. I'm just... I'm I'm just being mean. Like you bitched through this whole book. I'm sorry. It's just I did not like this book. I was trying to put on a happy face for you. I okay. Uh, you say because literally every time you read it, you're like nothing happens. It's boring. Nothing white happened privilege. in this. It was white privilege. The book. I wanted to like it, but I just I had a hard time reading it. In all honesty, it was rough for me. Like I, I it's probably because I didn't grow up with it. In all honesty. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, I could see why you would like this, though. In all honesty, because it's definitely one for you. It's definitely one for you, you know. So I, I mean, I'm not, 
I'm not angry I read this book. Like, I'm not, like, gonna, I'm not gonna, like, slap you over this. I'm not gonna be like, this is 1904, bitch. Get over here. I can hit my wife because it's 1904 and Prohibition hasn't struck yet. Nah, she. Once Prohibition gets here, man, am I gonna be out of luck. She's, she wants to laugh, but she won't fucking laugh. What? You know, it's funny. That's what I thought. She farted at me. She just dropped her pants and spread her cheeks at me. Aw, oh, Sam, how could you? But, no, I mean, I I didn't like this one. I'm sorry, Sam. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's it, I think, you know, I mean, honestly, it's it's kind of the boat. I'm on the boat of the whole, it, this book was not made for me to begin with. Like, as, as just a male in general, this book was not made for me. And I, and I don't know, maybe it's also I'm kind of a little sexist on the whole idea of, like, I don't like little girl things. Except for Bluey, I love Bluey. It was, that was also made by a guy, too, by the way. What, Bluey? Yeah, and it was originally supposed to be about Rusty, apparently. Oh. But then they went, no, Bluey is more fun, like, more color-wise. Yeah. Appeals to children more, apparently. Blue's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, hey, I mean, hey, pff, I mean, pff, I fuck off with that, yeah. Which one's Rusty? The boy in the class? He's the one, yeah, the boy, the yeah. the one that accidentally took the preemie baby and all the girls screamed. That was a funny episode. Well, especially because just at the beginning when he's just like... See, we can agree on something here. I'm sorry, Sam. That's okay. I get it. It's definitely not for everyone. It's not the best book I've I, ever I read. mean, I always apologize whenever it's a Goosebumps that's bad. So, I, 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 I get it now. Yeah. I now understand how Sam feels with certain books for me. I didn't learn any manners. I'm now a I'm I'm now a mean little girl. Oh Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. Cocksucker! So it happened to me and my parents were like, what the Dickens. fuck? Dickens! Dickens! Okay. Dickens all over my mouth. Okay. Good night, Chris. Good night, Chris. Uh thank you for joining us this week on Drunken Book Club. If you enjoy what you heard, especially me being a little sassy little bitch with my notes, you can follow me at DBC underscore pod or on uh, that's on Twitter slash X, or you can follow me on Blue Sky. That's right, the podcast is on Blue Sky. Just look up Drunken Book Club. I, I literally just made the full name Drunken Book Club. And uh if you really like what you heard, make sure to like, subscribe, leave a review saying you liked us. But if you like us a little extra, a dollar a month on Patreon gets you all the content. That's patreon.com slash drunken book club. It's a dollar a month. You could spend your dollar on something worse. Right, Sam? Yeah. All right, Sam, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr very rarely at Berserker Rose. Which one's rarely? Both? Both. Cool. Uh, especially, oh God, I really hope Twitter doesn't do the whole fucking charge for twitter period if they do i'm just getting off like honestly yeah i mean yeah, i mean I'm, you'll get off anyways <laughs> i'm gonna be paying for twitter <laughs> she's got hysteria she has to get off <laughs> she's she's laughing she doesn't want to admit it but yeah no i'm definitely leaving twitter once that shit happens because i'm not paying for that crap no there's fuck fucking that. better services out there already you're gonna say once you can get me onto blue sky I don't know if I'll ever be able to get anyone. I don't know. True. But either way, like, if I can get on, I'll get on to that. Yeah. I'll still be on Tumblr every so often. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you for joining us this week. That's where you can find us. Follow us. You can also follow our good pals that are on this episode. Brandon is at Eldritch Maid on TikTok and Twitter. And Weiss is at Force Left Hander. Drop the E on Hander. He's on YouTube, 
Instagram and TikTok as well. And that's all she wrote. Sam, what song should we go out on? Um, I have no idea. I have no idea. Look it up, Chris. See if it's a natural song. <laughs> I don't even know what song. I, I just don't know, honestly. I don't know. We already did that episode on, on Speaking of Which. You know what we could do? Huh. American Idiot. You mean the song that wouldn't finish on your on your phone for some reason? I think what happened is the volume accidentally got turned down, maybe? Huh. Like I accidentally pressed the button with like a key or something? I don't know. Hmm? That's my guess. That's all she wrote. I have no fucking clue otherwise. Bye. Bye.